Hello and welcome back to another episode of the CrossFit Harrow podcast. Today is episode 93 and we've got Alex joining us. Alex, thank you very much for taking time out and joining us. First question um, that goes out to everyone is what brought you to CrossFit Harrow? Um, I saw a YouTube video actually. Um, I didn't know, really know much about CrossFit. Um, I obviously heard up a lot about it on the internet. Uh, but then I saw a YouTube video of a, a guy who is blind completely blind um, doing CrossFit. Um, he was doing an open um, and was doing the squats and then uh, the bar. I it was bur- burpees over bar, yeah, right? Yeah, that's it, yeah. 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 And that was the inspiration? It was, yeah. Um, I remember when we first met and you came in that day and told me the story and then you sh- and you sent me the video. It is, it is amazing to to see that the just the effort and the way that he, the gentleman was able to... Yeah. Um, you know, just figure out where the barbell was, take that step back and then yeah. jump over and then touch a barbell. Um, so obviously you have uh, a very similar story to that gentleman. Um, we'd hopefully uh, dive into a little bit more about that. Um, was was sport always a big part of your growing up? Uh, no, not at all actually. Um, I was always kind of like the last person behind in the road runs, uh, always finishing last. Uh, Always trying to get out of pee. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never really been all that good at it, but um, I think um, he always kind of wanted to be better at it. So, and I think seeing that guy kind of gave me the inspiration to gave you that inspiration. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because you you are actually. I, mean, I think I told you in the past. I think obviously a lot of the guys here see you train, and and um, they they think they they feel that you're an inspiration to them because of your. <laughs> Uh, limitations that say that that would other people would see it as a limitation that where you just take advantage and actually you know nothing stops you or nothing gets in the way from stopping you achieve something so for those of you that are listening um, or watching that Alex is also visually impaired um, and uh, but it hasn't always been that way right no um, yeah I lost my eyesight about um, seven eight years ago now when I was 18 um, just about to head off to university and um, my eyesight started deteriorating over the course of about three months. Um, so I've got no central vision, pretty much everything's kind of blurry. You can kind of make out shapes and, and the outlines of people. Um, and I've learned the, the kind of the orientation of the box over. <laughs> over yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knowing the routes that you take exactly, inside yeah. here. Um, and obviously at 18, there's quite a, uh, well, any age is traumatic, but quite a big stage of your life, right? Especially going off to to uni. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think because the it's a it's a genetic disease which is pretty rare. It it, it runs in the family, but a, a very small minority of people ever get affected. So the large majority of people who get who get my condition um, kind of don't realise that it's in the family until the first person loses their sight. So I think. I'm the only person in my family, even though it's like a genetic disease passed on through like the maternal line. Um, I'm the only person in, in the family who's, have, who ever had, who's ever had it. So yeah, it was like a real shock. Um, I started university um, for about two weeks and then it kind of, get, kind of kept getting worse and worse. So I had to drop out, um, went into hospital. Um, and because it's such a rare disease, they, didn't, they couldn't really diagnose it for about a month. Oh, so right. I was in the hospital for a while actually um loads of blood tests 
MRI scans, um, yeah, loads of different tests being undertaken. Quite a traumatic yeah, stage, right? Hundred percent, yeah. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, where you f you said that you your eyesight deteriorated, was it a case of like waking up one day and just thinking, oh, you know, something's not right here. I, I, I'm got a little bit loss of vision. Um, I, I thought I needed like a change of prescription, or like I needed some strong glasses or something because. Were you um, wearing glasses before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And I was working at my dad's restaurant at the time. Um, it was probably in like the summer of 2013. Um, I was working in my dad's restaurant at the time and I realized that I was struggling to like identify the the coins okay. in the till. Um, and my dad was like thinking like why was I struggling with that and I was doing some work on the computer as well and I was struggling to read the words on that. So that was like the first inkling that maybe I need some new glasses or something like that. Um, so. Yeah, that was kind of the start of it. it. It just kept getting worse and worse from there. So it started off like struggling to kind of see what coins I was holding and, and mm. what words were on the screen to like, to to now not be able to see like people or yeah. only be able to see shapes and, and a few colors. Your, your senses must be heightened, right? So yeah. like smell and, and touch, you yeah. must, that's obviously how you would day-to-day -day be yeah. able to you know find out what what's what and stuff yeah i think at the start when i first lost it i thought it was a bit of a myth um what are the the different um yeah a bit of like your heightened <laughs> hearing and, and smell and then i realized that over the over the years i've been relying on them even more like listening to people's voices and knowing who they are yeah of course um and knowing what i'm eating by like smelling it rather than looking <laughs> yeah, <at> yeah. <laughs> So what, um, like, so the uni didn't work out at that time. Yeah. Um, so you went through those uh, tests and was it operations yeah. in there as well or, or just tests? Uh, no, no, just lots of tests, um, lots of waiting around, lots of hospital food. Um, but in between that, what was like day to day? Like, like, were you still getting on with your, like, would you, did you go to, did you start work? Did you? No, so about whilst I was in hospital after that, two, two, I was in the hospital for about two weeks, two, three weeks. Um, and after they discharged me, I decided to drop out of university because it was like such a big adjustment and I didn't yeah. know what, um, what to do really. So I just left university. Um, I remember the, um, uh, when I was, when I first went there because it was like freshers and stuff, um, I went to speak to the, one of the, the disability team Yeah. and they said, oh, we can't really help you. We don't, we needed to know in advance that you were blind. And the first time they said blind. I remember just like bursting into tears because I'd never been called that before. Wow. Um, yeah, so that was really tough. And then... Did you take that any further? Uh, no, I think because... Yeah, I just left it really. Um, and then just went... After that, I dropped out anyway. So I never spoke to them again. Um, and I took about a year off. Okay. Um, never went back to the university. Um, and then... I think it took me about a year to adjust anyway, um, mm. but I knew that like I was always pretty ambitious. I always knew what I wanted to do, even in sixth form. Yeah. And I didn't want that to kind of like get in the way. Yeah, I didn't want to, my my eyesight to derail yeah. like a plan that I had in my head. So what what was that plan? Um, I've always wanted to be a journalist. Um, I actually wanted to be a film and television journalist. Okay. Before I lost my eyesight, <laughs> I used to watch a lot of films and, and television. Um, 
but I was always good at technology as well. Okay. Um, so, like, throughout university, I joined the newspaper because I started at a new university Right. Um, a year later. Because, I, yeah, I always wanted to go to university. Um, but I joined the newspaper, um, edited my own section. Um, was that for the uh, university newspaper? Yeah, university okay. newspaper. And then after university, um, I was on loads of internships and in journalism. So I've worked at various different newspapers, um, magazines, um, and then... Are these, are these generalised or are these like tech-based? Um, they've, they've all been tech roles. Okay. Tech, um, so I've always been a technology writer. Um, so I've always kind of like tinkered with gadgets and, and interviewed people um, who are kind of doing cool stuff with tech. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've had a full-time you journalism did, job. You said that at the beginning, actually, that you're usually on the other end of yeah. this <laughs> podcast. You're usually the one asking the question. Yeah. Um, so journalism been obviously something that you've always wanted to do. So, so what does uh, a tech writer um, do? What, what, what would be your day to day? Um, my flat is essentially cluttered. <laughs> Full of new gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> I've got lots of new stuff. And I think because tech is so nice because you don't really have to use your eyes very much. Mm. It's a lot of like, it's quite tactile. Okay. Um, and as any kind of visually impaired person would tell you, would tell you it's kind of technology has become our lifeline essentially. Um, Lorenzo, you've probably seen me using my phone. Yeah, um, I, I was one of the things I wanted to bring up actually, yeah. Yeah, but I, like, it's never been easier to, to like do stuff in today's day and age than it would have been 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. Probably impossible to do yeah, it, right? exactly, yeah. Um, I, I, so I remember when I first saw you using your phone and uh, the, 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 there's, a lot of the, there's a lot of software things on Apple or even Android, yeah. I'm sure, that um, we don't know about because yeah. we would never have to use that, that feature. Yeah. Um, but in your case, um, the, the phone talking back to you, telling you, it, it happened so fast, I couldn't make out what it was saying, but <laughs> give us a glimpse of what that, what that looks like. Yeah, so um, it's essentially, pretend the Siri voice is on your phone, um, it essentially reads everything which you tap on your finger. So you hold, you put your uh, finger down on the phone and it will read what's ever underneath it. Okay. Um, but I've got it set to like 100% sp speech read. <laughs> so if you aren't visually impaired and don't use a screen reader, which is what they're called right. on a daily basis, you're not going to be able to understand it. So it's, you're basically um, uh, skimming what you're reading. Fine. But when you skim, obviously other people can't understand. What yeah, you're yeah. Because so, so you're so doing it so fast. Yeah. So, so, so that screen reader, is that something just on the iPhone or do you use that for your computer? Or? Yeah. So it's on... Uh, Max as well. Um, so oh, so it's not a it's not a um, uh, a hardware. It's a software. It's a software. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's on pretty much every computer now. Um, all the companies are are doing them. So you more, more accessible. Windows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and pre iPhone, th those tasks were pretty hard. Yeah. Um, I think pre computers because I think uh, screen readers were made in like the late nineties. But pre-computers... Were they on Windows 95, do you know? Yeah, did you, yeah they so. were, yeah. But they, you wouldn't be able to boot up a computer and, and use one straight away. Right. You'd have to buy the software. And, uh, yeah, and add it on. Yeah, yeah, and they used to be so expensive, like... Yeah, I could imagine. Over a thousand pounds. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I didn't actually have that. I had, to, like, you know, a few hundred pounds in my no, yeah. Wow. 
That which is which is in some way not fair because it shouldn't be you know if if you're in that position and you need that's something that you need it it, it shouldn't be yeah that exp you know expensive yeah it's, it's not accessible to everyone it's insane because some of these these pieces of technology um like there's these the glasses now i think because everything's advanced so much now on ai um there's these glasses now where you point at things and it will start reading out to you oh um, wow that is like three thousand pounds for just that. Wow. Um, uh, Do you get any of these gadgets through with what you I think, yeah, write luckily, about? but like my mates wouldn't, for example. Um, mm. So I always like let them try it out. Um, but sometimes I get like, get them to review, which is nice. And um, in the tech world, do you know much about the um, the NFT stuff and the metaverse? Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you do, yeah. I, think, I don't really write about them much, but I think just being interested in tech, I. I just have an interest myself in, in that kind of area. So so an NFT is a non-fungible token, right? Mm -hmm. And basically, it's like animated something. Animated art, animated whatever it might be. Yeah, uh, it doesn't have to be animated. It's a, it's, some of them are just JPEGs, um, which are like, which sit on the blockchain, essentially. And, and right, this is a whole, we've got to go through a whole lesson <laughs> this. Hold on, this right. A, so this is all to do with like cryptocurrency exactly, and all that stuff. Yeah. Right, so a blockchain is what? Um, it's kind of like a public ledger where people can publicly see what transactions are being made. Um, but it's all encrypted? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, technically, yeah. But yeah. you can, anyone can kind of access it and see what's being sent where, but you don't know who Fine. the person uh, is. Okay, right. So that JPEG or animated thing is then sent through, uh, the transaction to purchase is sent through your blockchain. Yeah. But what right. does the, the NFT like stand for? What is it? Is it just some creativity? Is it just... um, I think like how I explain it is, um, think of like an uh, an art collector. Yeah. But doing that digitally. So okay. you're buying pieces of art, which you don't physically own, but is stored on the blockchain. Well, there's a big thing about this actually that I've been reading recently that it, the, uh, the, Bitcoin and NFT space is a bit of a money laundering um, <laughs> opportunity for those oh, yeah. who have money that... So that, they say that often though about art though, right? Because mm. art is subjective. A, yeah. price of, a piece of art is subjective on how much it's worth. And no. if you need to get rid of some money or pay someone something, then that's the way to do it, right? Yeah, I, I've definitely heard that as well. <laughs> I, I read that. I, I'm not, it was, I can't remember where I read it, but um, it's come out. So, so anyone can create one of these things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah, but... No everyone's going to make money from it. Uh, and, but what? So my, what I can't get my head around is you create this thing in the hope that someone buys it. Yeah. For a greater value to what it costs you to make. Yeah, and a lot of people are just like they don't take very long to make these things and just hope they get lucky. <laughs> well, I think you can make them on Canva, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You can make some for um, some some of them on Canva, but I, I actually. Uh, because I've started, not, I mean, I'm not into them, but just, I do know a couple of people that are and they've tried to explain and stuff. So I've been reading a little bit about it. And uh, I think it's that Logan Paul, that, mm. I think he, someone had offered him like half a million dollars for a particular NFT. Right. Yeah. Now, is that transaction actual real money or is that transaction not real, not real currency? Is it Bitcoin? It would have been real money initially because they would have had to spend their money to buy that Bitcoin, for example, if it was Bitcoin. But then if you only trade in Bitcoin, because... Oh, yeah. 
So I guess what I'm trying to get at is that you can't actually extract that money, right? Or you can? I think, yeah, you can. You can? You can, yeah. Well, I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. But what, I don't get why someone would want to do that. Mm. I think a lot of people are using it as like a investment thing rather than something that they want to take their money out of. Well, it would make sense that if the world moved over to that, that side of things because um, obviously the, with the development and the advance of tech, it would make sense for, because obviously also a lot of places are refusing to accept cash and it would only just be debit or credit mm, cards. Yeah. Um, but some places uh, are accepting Bitcoin because obviously they want to increase their gain on that. Mm. Funny funny world though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> is, is it something that you are uh, involved in? Is you, do you know, like, have you got things in there and stuff? Did, yeah, I've, I've invested in crypto. Yeah? Yeah. I think just... You want to be on top of things, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you, so what would you say? Cause I, would you say if someone doesn't understand it fully, don't do it? Um, well, it depends if you're like a, a risk taker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you never know. It's so volatile, like cryptocurrency in general. There's like, if you, if you want to take a risk or whatever, just have a, but is there, has it been identified who created Bitcoin? No, still not. No, what, what, I don't why, think it ever will be. Why is this such a big secret? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure why he doesn't want to. <laughs> is this to create like urgency for or demand for the currency? Mm. Possibly. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's 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 well, it's as far as I know, it's well known that it's not gonna. Be, it won't be revealed. Mm. Um, very interesting. Well, we are gonna move over to the because even Facebook has obviously moved over. Yeah. We're moving over to the metaverse. The which rename is, of. The well, company. yeah. Completely going from Facebook to Meta yeah. would say that Facebook have probably been planning this for a long time. There's things to say that Apple have as well. There's a lot of um, so you know. Yeah, there's talk about like, them bringing out AR, VR kind of glasses type thing. And the um, the Bitmojis mm. um, that were created, I think three four years ago. Apple have tried to be in that space for quite mm. a while because your bitmoji or whatever it's called if you turn your head it will also turn yeah that's interesting yeah yeah it is very have you seen uh black mirror do you, do you yeah you have yeah probably one of my favorite shows really yeah. so the second episode with uh with the points mm. where he's on the bike yeah that's probably one of my favorite episodes it, it, so do you think that the world will develop into that do you think there's gonna be a space for that um Hope not. To be fair, <laughs> it's quite it's quite scary, right? Yeah. I mean, they are saying at the moment with all the things that are going on about social credit score yeah, and all yeah. that stuff in China and, and things like that. Yeah, about getting a uh, uh, a score based on your health, mm. and then that will give you certain privilege and yeah. stuff. Um, for those of you that haven't watched Black Mirror, I, I would encourage you to heavily watch it. I think my favorite episode uh, is the second series. Um, the first one where he goes back in time, the mm. drunk guy. Oh yeah. That's a very good episode. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of uh, like traveling and stuff or being abroad, have you have you spent much time in abroad? Um, you said you sing Singapore, right? Malaysia. 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 Yeah, my parents are in Malaysia. Um, but yeah, I think that I haven't done much traveling on my own since losing my eyesight. Um, but I do, yeah, I do, I've been back to Malaysia about twice since losing my eyesight um but you haven't done much traveling outside of the uk since then 
do you plan to when things open up a little bit more do you plan to to go take some time off work yeah i think could you do your job from anywhere yeah would they let you much i'm not sure if they would <laughs> <laughs> um is there any like particular particular places that you would like to uh indulge in the culture um i've always kind of liked the Scandinavian region. I, I do like the cold. Do and you? That's why I'm always wearing shorts. Well, that was the thing that I said to you this morning when you came in. It's freezing outside and you're in shorts. <laughs> I do uh, like the cold. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Um, so somewhere over that region is where, yeah. you, where I'd like to go. Um, and uh, if, if there was, so if there was no limits in terms of where and how long, what would be the, the place, the best location for you? Um, probably Iceland. Um, yeah, it's nice though. Yeah, I mean, it's just quite like a, a magical place to visit, and it's such a small country. But you've not been before. I've been once. You've been yeah. once. Did you? Did you? Did you go to the Blue Lagoon? Yeah. That, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. That's really Have good. Have you been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue Lagoon was one of my favorite yeah. experiences. Um, just the water and like the the sunlight. Yeah. And the, the night and stuff. It was mm. it was pretty good. Um, okay, so with regards to, to fitness, Alex, um, obviously, we, you know, we worked together for a period of time and, and obviously Sophie's been helping out too. Um, originally, I think one of your goals was to, uh, to, to the video that you saw um, of the gentleman doing the Burpees Over Bar was also to, to do that. Yeah. Um, so we started slowly developing from up-downs into to burpees and... Yeah. And uh, and now we're actually we, well, with Sophie. Been trying the burpees yeah. over, but and that, that's worked out all right for you. Yeah, it was it was a little bit scary, but was it? Yeah. <laughs> in terms of like finding, I think because you've always got it in the back of your head that you're gonna like trip over the bar. Because I think in the video the guy was actually like measuring how high the bar was each time he'd done. Yeah. So he, from what I remember, he he after every so he stood up and he would step towards the bar. Yeah touch it with his hands and feel the, the height and mm. then do the jump and then touch on the other side, touch again. Yeah. Um, so that was your, that's your biggest concern of that, right? But that, that, was, that was a goal that you set at the beginning and now you've got there. Yeah, for sure, yeah. That was very good. Um, and, and how have you felt over the last few months training-wise as, as, as things improved for you? Oh yeah, massively. I remember my first session, like, couldn't even finish it. <laughs> And I remember apologising to you because I couldn't finish <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've well, come a long way from, yeah. from, from starting. It's, it's, it's amazing to see the, the progress. And do, do you feel yourself that there's any limitations for you when, when training? Um, I think the thing that's always kind of like put me off of starting something new, even at the gym, I've always been kind of put off because trying to find stuff, mm. um, finding the... the um, the weights, knowing how heavy they are, um, knowing where the bars are and stuff, that's always been like a challenge for me. So I've always been kind of nervous about that, uh, trying to figure out, yeah, how am I gonna, how I'm gonna get around the gym. Yeah, um, I could so imagine that'd be quite a daunting experience yeah. for you. Yeah, that's always been kind of like a concern for me. But and, and, and do you find that people, when you have been to the gym in the past, have you found that people have been helpful to, towards you or, or not considerate? No, not really. Because <laughs> I think because people like to do with their own thing. And I think the thing with, with a lot of people is that they don't want to... Ask or... Yeah, yeah. They don't want to talk to you. If they don't want to assume anything. Yeah. Which is fair enough, but... Um, You're not going to bite their head off. Yeah, yeah. Fair but, enough. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, 
I think the goal for you uh, too recently now is also to start in developing into the group classes and that's something yeah. that you want to achieve. Yeah, I love that to be fair because I, um, I always kind of like the, I like the community aspect of, of CrossFit. Yeah. Um, and I like the, the fact that you can motivate each other. Yeah. And that's always been like a nice thing for me um, to see especially. Yeah. yeah. Especially being more confident with knowing where things are in the gym, being yeah. around. It would also be, you know, uh, as I said before at the beginning, that people find you as an inspiration to them. Mm. It would be amazing to be to see you in a group class with others around you and, and you doing, you know, the exact exact same thing and going through the same pain and suffering that, that, <laughs> yeah. that they're going through. Yeah. What, what have you found uh, with regards to, like, the nutrition element of, of side because people, I'm sure people are all going to want to know, you know, how, how you manage that. What, what's, how, how do you day to day, um, d do that? Yeah. I, I think you already know this. Yeah, right? I do. I do. <laughs> I love to get better at like doing that because I think cooking is my worst kind of aspect of, of fitness because I can't see what I'm cooking and how well done things are or, um, frying is always kind of like a, being, a, being a scarier thing for me because I don't know if it's going to splatter into my face or whatever the oil yeah um, so I use an air fryer most of the time okay uh, do a lot of cooking in that do a lot of cooking in the oven um, but I try like and avoid the hob which is kind of where you can make the healthiest yeah meals, meals yeah and uh, do you live do you live alone you, I do yeah. yeah I moved out into my own place um, when was it now back in March. Which March. is why cooking is probably yeah. one of the harder things. Mm -hmm. I used to, my parents used to do a lot of cooking for me. <laughs> but Did now, they? Yeah. Um, so, so what's your go-to? Like obviously with the air fryer, what, what, yeah. um, what do, what's your go-to meal? I think the, 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 the hardest thing is that now, like I've, I've been a vegetarian for about a year now. And um, is, is this because of the, the cooking element? No, it was, it was actually a lot easier cooking like meat things. Okay. In the air fryer. Right. Um, I used to cook a lot more kind of chicken-based dishes in the air fryer, but since I've become a vegetarian, like, it's become harder to cook things because there's a lot less okay. things you can put together with veggie yeah, food veg in the air fryer. And was going veggie just a personal choice? You wanted to try something different? Yeah. Um, I think just in the, based on, like, environmental decision oh yeah oh yeah, yeah rather than health wise <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I would because i rely on a lot on frozen food um it wouldn't be for health reasons anyway yeah and, and, and what about um the elements of like food shopping and stuff how, how, how uh i'm sure people would like to yeah uh, listen and hear like how you experience that mm. um i get a lot of help from um my sister who just lives close by okay um, so we go shopping together because otherwise going into a supermarket for example i wouldn't be able to like find anything because obviously before you would just like look up at the yeah, signs above the aisle to know what was in where of course um now i just kind of rely on my sister a lot i think i lost a lot of my independence when i lost my eyesight um and now I rely a lot on other people um, for help, which which is a lot of adjustment to do because I took a lot of pride in my own. Was a very independent person. Yeah, 
I like doing my own thing um, and then obviously having to adjust that and rely on other people to help you instead um, was a big adjustment so I don't really like asking for help anyway um, it, oh, it, it, really even even now do you, do you, is that something you still it's gotten something I, I'm better at it but I still don't like doing it yeah um, like if I can I'd, I prefer to like struggle for about 10 minutes trying to work out what something says than ask somebody what it says <laughs> yeah well, of course, well I suppose if someone if, if someone it's a, there's an element there though that like if someone tells you then you're not really going to learn yeah, from, yeah. from it too so um, I, I can see that and and obviously you're you're working from home at the moment yeah. um, much preferred Working from home. Much preferred, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, is your preference gonna be staying at home? Would you like? Did you? Would you miss the social element of side of stuff? Yeah, I mean, um, I really like working from home because I don't have to wake up really early. Cause we start <laughs> we Meeting start starts at nine, and Alex is up at eight fifty-seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we start work at eight, so I was. I, uh, we started working from back in the office twice a week um, back in October, November time. Okay. Um, and I, uh, yeah, hated it because I'd have to get up at like um, six o'clock. Yeah. Um, leave the house at about 6.45 so I can get in the office for yeah. eight. Because um, the office is in Kensington. Okay. Um, so yeah, much appreciate working from home a lot more um, <laughs> than waking up. Well, I suppose, it, you know, there's the argument about being more productive from home as well. Mm, yeah. And stuff. Um, a question that just came to mind is, have you ever experienced any form of discrimination with regards to applying for jobs or finding your feet that way? Um, I know a lot of people have, but I think because of the industry that I'm in, it's quite a forward-facing one. So okay. there's a lot of... Um, kind of opportunities in that sector. Um, would you, I feel like... Would you, would you pre-applying to a job have to... Would you disclose? You wouldn't have to. You would, yeah, um, of course you wouldn't have to, but... I think at the start I was. Um, and I, I like at the start of my career, I actually started... I was writing a lot about disability and, and kind of like my eyesight in general. Um, so I got quite a few pieces online about that and I just assumed that employers would go back and look at your writing and they but, but they don't yeah <laughs> they kind of know um and i started this new job from home which was the first time i'd ever started a job from home um, and i think a lot, a lot of people have done that but i think for me it was a bit different because uh, my colleagues didn't know how much i could or couldn't see yeah. they didn't realize how bad it was really so um i think learning to do things from home was a bit of a challenge of a challenge because they I think a lot of them assume that I could see a lot more than I can yeah because I don't really like I don't like to um, exaggerate what I can and can't see so yeah. I don't really mention it too much I just yeah. like to get on with it and I think that was quite hard starting a job remotely because you'd have to figure it out yourself and they'd all assume that you can see more than you can yeah, I suppose people don't want to ask as well yeah. because they don't know, they haven't met you and they mm. might not want to they might not want to feel like they're intruding in, yeah. or maybe asking something that they feel uncomfortable with. or you yeah. it might be it's an uncomfortable conversation right for someone that, uh, for sure, that yeah. doesn't know yeah. um, or has, has never met. Mm. Um, with regards to the tech side, what, what's been your favourite piece of tech that you've uh, reviewed or had in your hands? Uh, I get to review a lot of like the new iPhones and things like that. Um, 
Do you get them pre-release before others? Yeah, yeah. I got the new uh, Nintendo Switch to oh, yeah. review as well, and that was quite interesting because I used to game quite a lot as well. Okay. Um, but obviously things have come a lot a long way in that sector too. Um, so it's easier to game even though you can't see what you're doing really. Um, so that was, yeah, that was probably one of my favourite things to get. And what would that look like? How, what, the gaming side of things, would, would that be through um, audio? Um, yeah, um, I think most of the time, because I've still got peripheral vision, um, I can get quite close to the screen. Okay. And kind of make out what I'm doing. But there's, there's gamers online. So the guy I mentioned right at the start of the conversation, the guy who was doing the... Um, Burpees over the bar. Yeah. Um, he is actually a, a gaming YouTuber. And that's how, is that how you found him? Yeah. Yeah. Through that first and then realized he was also doing CrossFit. So I didn't know he was doing CrossFit until afterwards because um, I was watching one of his videos on, on um, he was trying to complete uh, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, um, completely blind. Um, and he managed to do it. That's oh, as I say, did he do it? Yeah, and that, that must yeah. be quite a big statement, right? That must yeah. be quite a big thing. In, yeah, in, it took in... him years, I think. Really? Yeah. But he did it still. He Basically, what a lot of uh, fully blind people do is they listen to the sound design. Okay. So kind of the your character bumping into the walls as like an indicator of where you are. Okay. Um, and like, basically all the, the little sound effects which go into making a game, they all listen to that. Amazing. Um, and Alex, is there any, have you got any fitness or personal plans, that goals, that the next things that you want to achieve over the next few months or are you just uh, cruising and, and enjoying life? <laughs> um, I, I think I, I want to kind of improve my um, nutrition a lot, um, get brave enough to kind of attack the hob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and... and work on that and, and obviously join the classes because that would be uh, they're, they're the two nice. big two main things are you giving yourself a time frame for them uh no i'm not, I'm not. just enjoy, yeah. just when it feels right yeah i think so yeah i mean maybe probably nutrition first and then yeah see where things go but i think i've i've made a lot of progress since yeah joining um absolutely yeah and yeah just kind of i've already kind of mapped my way around the the gym already which has been good um sophie's been helping me find work out where things are in the gym i, I actually noticed that today when I, <laughs> I saw you walk over to the dumbbell rats to, to, and i was like I, I thought that was pretty cool yeah <laughs> yeah telling me to like where things start and, and then and how the increments of the weights and um that the bar i should get is, is the thinnest one yeah rather than using your eyes to to figure it out yeah it's all been good yeah yeah and I really enjoyed the rope stuff. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got some. Uh, we we I think we've got some videos and recorded some. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, uh, some of that stuff, um, which we'll, I'm sure we'll put out on social media front soon. I, I've actually, when we were doing some bits together, I've got some. When I'd said that I was going to record you doing those burpees and stuff, mm. and I've got those all all to to show people. Um, Alex, we've run out of time today. Um, thank you so much for your time. It's been amazing to hear your story. And uh, the next time some of the guys will see you, we'll either uh, be obviously in here with either myself or Sophie or in the group classes. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers, Lorenzo. See you next week, guys.